I can't believe we made it to the end of a second season. I'm Chris Spivey. I'm Eddie Webb. And today we're talking about season two on John Ross. Yeah, I mean, technically four seasons, but two of those I did by myself. So yes, you and I have survived two seasons. Technically, if we want to be all official then, I will say that it would be three point five, because I think episode three of the second season of Speechless has dropped. We have had close to a year of this. Let's put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you are a developer, my friend, but I too am a developer, and KV just is, is a dick when it comes to it. Well, really, sir, I think that it should be like this. And now I'm having flashbacks to like 80s era role-playing games where it's like, if you receive section 2.51, you'll note that the rule says... <laughs> I, I too played a little Heroes Six Edition. Um, <laughs> did I just call out a game? Maybe a little bit, but that's okay. It's still fun. Yes, that's a joke that you and I are probably the only ones who appreciate. But it doesn't matter. That's what we're here for. We're here to amuse ourselves. <laughs> so season two, yeah. um, it it feels like a a monumental accomplishment to have gotten this far. I, mm-hmm. I thank you for for going on this journey with me, dealing with my ability to be incredibly quiet and making you have to like fill dead air. But uh, it's in the morning. I've had two cups of coffee. I'm feeling pretty excited to talk about giant robots. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I think um, before we dig into the genre as a whole, since we kind of talked about this is season two, question mark, of our show, um <clears throat> Definitely, I, I think it's fair to say this season went very differently than season one, and certainly very differently than we planned. So I'm curious, like, what your kind of takeaway is of like how our show has has evolved, or, or things you've learned about what we can do going forward. Um, well, one of the things I think we might have discussed in the um, Ginlock episode is that we want to confirm that at least one of us really enjoys the show. That'll mm-hmm. make it easier for if someone doesn't like it quite as much to have a more positive conversation about whatever it is. Right. I think it's fair. It does, doesn't work as well if we both have severe issues with something and then we're trying to find a positive out of those negatives. While mm-hmm. it was, I think, a nice touchstone for us to have made the Ginlock episode, I am still frustrated by with myself, mostly, for not going in and trying to watch a couple more episodes before suggesting it. So that's on me, and I've learned that I want to watch at least two episodes of anything before I suggest it. I think that's fair. Um, I think we mentioned a little bit of like episode two, but like there was actually a show that we just cut before it even went to the air um, because I started watching it and realized, oh, no, this is not going to be fun to talk about. Uh, and I think that's a good metric is initially we came to this because that was the point, right? We want to have, we want to do things that we will find fun to talk about. That was the, really the point of the show is something, an excuse for you and I to goop about media and have fun doing it. And if it's not going to be a fun conversation, we don't want to do it. Um, I will say that I have certainly learned that watching a show for fun and watching a show to analyze it is different. Uh, while I've kind of emotionally known that I like some really crappy shows, actually talking about that has really changed the scope. Like we've joked about uh, off mic about potentially doing like some Transformers stuff. And I'm now nervous about that because the trans- the original Transformers cartoon is garbage. 
like just not good garbage. <laughs> it's just really bad. And it's I like, still oh, want to know where Optimus's trailer goes. It, it, there is no answer. You will never find out. It is a mystery of the universe. <laughs> also, there is legitimately an episode where Optimus Prime gets his ass kicked by his own right arm. I mean, it's not good. And um, can you answer? But, all right, since you started Transformers, I know. Sorry to, to digress, but no, no, every, if people are listening, they know I'm going to digress us. Um, <laughs> That's the show. So Megatron is a full size Transformer. Correct. Megatron then transforms into a tiny gun. Sometimes that can fire itself or be fired by Starscream. Why yes. would Megatron need Starscream to fire it as a tiny gun if it can fire itself? Because when you're a giant floating gun or a normal sized floating gun, sometimes it is difficult to aim is my best answer. Except but, I, I will give you the Marvel no prize for that. Th- th- I mean, that there's, there's, there, there's really no answer. Um, Although, amusingly, in the, the, the Marvel comic, uh, there is a, a weirdly good issue of the comic where Megatron has lost his memory because comic books. Uh, and he's stuck in gun form, and he gets found by a petty crook, and a Megatron is aware of who he is. Or is aware that he's a robot, but he has no c- command circuits. So basically it's like, I will do whatever this human says. And so this guy just goes on a massive crime spree with this great gun. And then mm-hmm. eventually Megatron regains his memory and the guy loses track of Megatron. So it's like a whole issue of this human using Megatron as just as a massive weapon. And it was a really interesting look into what kind of stuff Megatron would do if he was just kind of a subservient character. It was, anyway. Uh, point is Transformers is weird and it doesn't make a lot of sense. And, <laughs> um, I think that's also kind of a theme of this season really is I went in thinking that there were certain tropes of the genre. And while some of that has been proven true, I was not prepared for how divergent these shows could be from each other. I was a little bit for the Voltron parts, but because just in the concept alone of Voltron compared to like Macross or Mm -hmm. most Peta, those felt vastly different to me, at least to me in my brain, even before I started watching them. So I was ready for that sort of divergent narrative and storytelling style. I'm speaking, I think, more of the first season of Voltron because second season, sorry, second version of Voltron sort of took bits and pieces from all the other anime that we've watched from all this time. Right. Um, and it's one of those, like, in retrospect, I feel like maybe we should have dialed it even further in a little bit to, like, military mecha anime. Uh, because you're right. Voltron was was very different. It was, it was a good representation of the super robot. I stand by the inclusion of it because we needed some kind of... This is a very distinctive sub-sub-genre uh, but it, it does look weird. The big O kind of straddles the line a bit because it's still super robot in the sense of it's one robot and one guy and they're, they could do anything effectively. Uh, but there was that kind of grit and, and, and complexity that the military stuff's bringing in. So it's kind of like this straddle piece, but it, it ended up making Voltron seem even more out there. In terms of tone. But I agree for its conclusion, because without that inclusion, we would have never had the gem of the se- of, of the season almost. That was the big O. 
mm-hmm. because we wouldn't have been able to add that in because we would have been so focused otherwise. So that that was a, a great addition for everything. Like I, I still love the big O and the big mm-hmm. mecha robot punch. Like that is mwah. and being able to talk about how much they ripped off Batman. Oh, <laughs> Love yeah, it. that that was definitely the surprising. Like, I went in going, "Oh, we're going to have fun talking about this and this and this." And the big O was not what I expected to be the one. We were going, "Yeah, that was really good." <laughs> so then, out of everything that we've sort of watched this season, what has been the the highlight for you? Like, which show is the top of your list now? Now, even better, which show would you go back and rewatch right now if you had to go back and rewatch one? Uh, just one is tough because because really the two I'm thinking of are the Big O and Neon Genesis. Um, uh, I'm almost thinking Neon Genesis at the moment. Probably recency bias to a certain degree. It's the one we most watched with recently, and I'm still thinking about it. And Rick had some fantastic points about the show that I'm still mulling over. Well, and he um, also gave some great ones after we went off the air. So you. You people will never, never know unless we start doing like an unedited cut sometime in the future. Yeah, yeah. You know, maybe, maybe Patreon content. Who knows? Uh, but um, like we talked a little bit about the, the I forget what we called them, but the remastered ones, the, the, the remakes, the movies. Um, and I'm kind of interested in those because they start off very faithful then slowly turn away. I, I like reimaginings that start from a common point and then slowly deviate over time. It, it, it is a curve that I find compelling, um, kind of related, but recently uh, IDW has done a Beast Wars comic and they take the same approaches. Like it starts off with the same conceit, but they introduce a couple new characters. And over time, the inclusion of those characters slowly change how the plot plays out. And then now we're at issue 18-ish and things are starting to make a pretty strong turn away from the overall plot of the original cartoon. Uh, and I like that. So I'm curious to see how that plays out. Uh, but also, um, kind of to my earlier point, Neon Genesis, because it's a deconstruction of the genre, by necessity, it has to also deal with the tropes it's deconstructing, right? So it has to say, we have to identify what the tropes are to then deconstruct them. Uh, and so some of those like teenage pilots with unusual powers wasn't actually as strong of a trope as I thought it would be as we did this. Uh, probably about half of the characters were explicitly teenagers um, because uh, the negotiator in Big O wasn't uh, the Voltron force most of them, some of them weren't, um, you know, uh, only one character in Robotech was, although granted he's the viewpoint character. So, I mean, the trope is still kind of there, but well, it was I like think Max was character. also a teen, right? Mm-hmm. Well, it was, it was vague. Admittedly. It was on the cusp. <clears throat> right. Um, but like, uh, uh, you know, some of the, some of the pilots certainly weren't a lot of the support staff certainly weren't. In fact, uh, Lisa was explicitly, repeatedly referred to as older. Uh, although older from teenage standards is <laughs> wildly old lady being like in her mid twenties. Oh my God, the horror, you know what I wouldn't uh, give to be an old person in my mid twenties. Yeah. Right. It's like, I would, I would pay money to be half my age. Thank you. Uh, so, I mean, it's, it's stuff like that. Um, the 
kind of sentience robots trope. Aside from Wing didn't really come up. Even then, we kind of skipped over the parts of Wing where that was relevant. Uh, Big O is the only one that really gets closest to that, strangely enough. Well, well, true. Well, it depends on how we want to classify the Mecha from Ava as they're technically sentient. Well, that's what I mean. It's like the idea... Ava's trope of sentient robots are a thing that we're going to deconstruct implies that most of these shows will have sentient robots and most of them aside from Ava didn't. Uh, like I said, the, um, the lions from the Voltron reboot was a little more clear about that. The original Voltron was a lot vaguer on that point. Uh, Genlock just, I mean, kind of dealt with that, but in the reverse way of, they're sentient robots because they have downloaded their brains into the robots. So it's like, it's, it's kind of a different take on the pilot uh, dynamic. So I don't know. Um, and then while we certainly did not like Genlock, I mean, I, I think that's super clear. It was interesting watching Neon Genesis right after it because I can now look at Genlock and say it was a goal of taking some of these mecha tropes and modernizing them. And I think we all agree, didn't I do a great job with that? Neon Genesis, like, we're going to take this same concept and subvert them. And even though it is 10 to 15 years earlier than Genlock, seems to do a much better job of that. True, but that was also a... a piece of art that I don't think anyone could ever replicate. No, no, absolutely not. Regardless of how skilled or, or potentially lucky that they might've been, it was the perfect, the perfect thing almost at the time, although it might've mm -hmm. not have been quite as accepted at that way. And to have the retrospect now of like the decades since then and still have it be so powerful and predominant as a force is staggering. And it's just a, a tribute to the masterpiece that it is. Right. Uh, but I think to get back to your original question, that's one of the reasons why I'm split is because like rewatching that feels like it would be important. I feel like that would be a good show to get me to think and to engage with complex topics and to really kind of sit and absorb. I would watch Big O if I just wanted to have a fun robot show. It still has some interesting edges to it. Don't get me wrong, but it's also about a guy in a business who's beating up a guy in bandages. I mean, it, it, on some <laughs> level, it's not that deep. How about you? So I've got a, a couple different answers. It really kind of depends on my my mood, but it really boils down to three. I am. It's still going to be Robotech with Mac Macross. It's, for some reason, that one will always stick with me. Like that is always mm -hmm. my go-to when I want to watch something. Followed by the next slash new generation mm -hmm. and much to my own surprise mobile suit gundam the zero eighth ms team like that yeah. is now in my top anime viewing that was that and the big o were also almost arguments against our desire to make sure we check out a show first because those are both i think po very positive surprises to us So are you saying that we should we should put aside our lessons learned and just play roulette and always hope for the best? 
<laughs> we have you know me. <laughs> you know me no. in my limited time. I, I'm, hap- I'm happy to roll the dice, buddy. <laughs> we see what happens. But Yeah, you say that now, and then we have another gen lock, and you're going to be like, why did we do this to ourselves? <laughs> I didn't say I learned from these mistakes. I would just say I'm willing <laughs> to repeat them. <laughs> Um, and maybe that's, that's part of it is like maybe once in a while, you know, taking a qualified risk. Um, because on the one hand, there is, I feel like there's a different fun from, let me talk about a thing that I really love. Like I had a lot of fun talking about Gundam Wing because I, I really, I think we both really love that. Um, mine's much more recent love. Yours is more of a past love, but also when we got into the actual analyzing of it, it was like, okay, this is not a good show. We recognize this. Doesn't mean we didn't have fun with it. Uh, but when you put it up next to something like 08, it, it, it's just not going to stand up. It's just not. Uh, but there's a different kind of fun of we have both discovered something new and want to talk about it. Kind of like we had with our Strange New Worlds uh, digression during the season. Because that was a new that. thing for us, obviously. Okay. We should go back and finish that because I, I have some some serious thoughts about episode 10 of Strange New Worlds that I will not dive into right here. So I have not watched the rest of it since then because watching those three made me realize I needed to go through and watch season two of Discovery first because I was starting to, it was starting to really bug me that there was character development that happened that I didn't see. And I knew that it existed, so I wanted to go back and watch that now. <laughs> My secret pl- completionist plot has gotten you. <laughs> yes. Uh, and I'm like halfway through that now. And it's just like, wow, Spock's an asshole. But yeah, <laughs> kind of where I'm at right now. But do you see how amazing Pike was though, as a captain, even on discovery? Like that was, Oh, no. That. Now that I have watched that, I, I was 85% behind you on Pike is an amazing captain, but between that and a little bit of strange New worlds I've seen, it's like, yeah, no, I'm now 1000 percent in your camp of captain of camp Pike. He is he's great because he has an actual character arc. But also, even in those early episodes, when he's making hard decisions, it you could just little tells in his acting and his line reads and his body language of how he cares about his crew, but still has to fucking do the job. I, oh, great. It's I, on par with Sheridan Babylon 5. Yep. And and some Cisco for me. So it was uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. That, that's that's the season one. Not we're we're in season two. My question <laughs> I bring it up for only you because then. it did it did kind of infiltrate season two, so I thought it was worth at least nodding towards that because that was uh, us putting the brakes on it, going, nope, we're going this way. Of course, we I did it again with with Green Arrow. But, I mean, this so the season definitely was the most interrupted so far of our seasons of all two seasons. Yeah, there's there's been a lot of life changes on my end with with new jobs, new commutes, so we've had to do some unexpected stuff. Unfortunately, you were willing to to take a chunk of that on and let us keep going. Take an arrow to the knee. Yeah. I was so avoiding making any arrow puns. <laughs> but I'm not. I have no shame. All right, Kate Bishop. <laughs> Kate Bishop. <clears throat> oh, Kate Bishop. Oh, yeah. I do want to talk about Hawkeye more, but anyway. Um, so, I mean, yeah, I, I, it's it's interesting that we both kind of walked away with, even though this is an uneven season, we both walked away with pretty different things we would sit down and watch again. Like, I wouldn't mind watching 08 again. It, it just, I don't think, in terms of like my, the mental rewatch queue in my head, it would probably be third-ish. 
Um, Macross, it just frankly, it just doesn't have the same comfort viewing vibe for me. It doesn't mean I don't like it. I, I have watched it now twice. I have watched Macross Shungo of Robotech 3 twice uh, in, in my life. And so it's like, I enjoy it, obviously. But like in the, I would throw something on the backgrounds kind of comfort viewing thing. I'm going to go for Transformers because I think for me, Transformers is the same space for you as Robotech in terms of this is the thing I really loved when I was a kid. And so the familiarity of the scenes and, and, and how everything unfolds has a separate kind of soothing quality. Because, mm-hmm. for instance, I never really got into Transformers. I think I've seen a handful of episodes and I had the misfortune of seeing most of the Michael Bay films. Really? I've only seen two of them. Well, I was also, for a while, in the military. So some uh. of the viewing was not my choice. Some of the viewing was a, a fun squad activity right fun in quotes yeah <laughs> they do not get better <laughs> i i at some point do want to hate watch the rest of them but i'm not there yet so if you had to be the protagonist in one of these shows which one would it be and why oh god definitely not neon genesis hell no <laughs> <laughs> I, I was that's why that was my second question. I wanted to see if you were to say that. And then we could have had got into some real serious stuff on the show. So really no. explain that to us, Eddie. No, 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 no. I mean, I would I enjoy watching it, but I do not want to live in that world in any way, shape, or form. <laughs> um uh, you know what? It, it, most of the shows that I enjoyed have kind of horrifying status quo, either explicitly or kind of implicitly. Like, Macross does not have an explicit status quo, but when you start hearing bits and details of the world building, it's like, that's actually really horrifying. Yeah. Uh, you know, like, the casual mention of, oh, by the way, half the planet has been destroyed. <laughs> it's like, wait a minute. We should, we should linger on that detail a bit more. <laughs> Don't just <laughs> gloss over that. Um, But, I mean... In, uh, as much as I say it again, it's like, I keep bringing it up, but the, the Big O seems like the most kind of interesting world that I want to be the protagonist of. Uh, with a kind of runner-up of maybe uh, 08. Uh, because the, while it's a horrifying war, that was the one that to me had the most together team, right? Uh, because most of the shows either had a clear lead and support staff dynamic uh, or had a really dysfunctional team or even nominally a team, but not really like a wing where like no one was really in, in the front of it. And also there wasn't really a team except for when they were occasionally together. Uh, but it had an actual genuine like team behind it and you saw team growth. Uh, the only comparable team-wise was weirdly a uh, new generation in uh, Robotech, even though we kind of beat it down. Uh, the actual team was kind of interesting to that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I think Big O or OA are probably the ones I'd be like, yeah, this would be fun to live in. Like for me, it would be 08, or you're going to be surprised by this one, the new Voltron. Really? 
because while I have a lot of negative things to say about the new Voltron and what they did, that universe itself seems like it would be exciting and fun to play in and be a part of. Because if you think about the team dynamic and you have misadventures like in the space mall, yeah, to then go to like life threatening adventures in your super sentient ish space lion, like that is a lot of fun to play with. It's just that the writing and everything took, in my opinion, a downward spiral. They either had too many seasons or they were burnt out. Honestly, um, it's telling because I had seen, I was the one, I think I was, no, you met it, but I, I supported it because I had actually watched the first few seasons of it. And like the only thing I remembered of it was the Space Mall episode. And so when you included it, I was like, oh God, yes, that, that episode's amazing. Um, and I think it's kind of, that's a good point that that's telling is like, I don't remember the plot. Even now, I don't remember the plot of the new Voltron show, but I remember that episode almost beat for beat. Do you, uh, do you not remember what telling. my superpower is? Yes, you are. You are very good at remembering show plots. Waste of power. Sorry, go ahead. I, I they fall out of my head almost immediately, <laughs> which is great because then I can watch stuff again. Like I'm rewatching, uh, I'm binge watching Babylon Five again. That's like I don't remember any of this stuff. This is great. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I mean, yeah, that's a really good point. Like, like the world that doesn't involve actually the late stage protagonists you're right it is, it is fun like the characters are interesting there's fun alien races that aren't just humans with different hats uh, uh there's some interesting dynamics there i just can't imagine i was about to say i can't imagine living in just a space mall all the time but now in my head i'm thinking of what with mall rats the movie was actually <laughs> set in space mall <laughs> And I kind of want to see that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we're ever going to do a Kevin Smith season. So if anyone's hoping for that, you can like kiss that ship goodbye. That's never going to happen. No, because I, I, I can't even say I like Kevin Smith. I respect him, I guess. Uh, but a lot of his success is kind of in spite of him. And when he tries to capitalize on it, it just like, like for example, um, I actually like the uh, Jane Silent Bob cartoon, but he didn't really have much to do with that. And the people working on the cartoon were really having fun making fun of cartoons like it. So that part of the, a lot of the fun of it is like, we are a media tie-in cartoon and no one's paying attention to us. So we're going to start making fun of the fact that we're a media tie-in cartoon. Like there's one episode where they get locked in a freezer and they start having flashbacks to five minutes previously in the episode. <laughs> and they do it like three or four times. And it's genuinely hilarious because it's just so almost Dada-esque nonsense. But it's either another. So in um, short, you're telling all of our listeners that what they really need to do is get an IP and then let other people go and run around with it while they rake in the money. <laughs> That sometimes works and sometimes poorly backfires. But yes, <laughs> um, I mean, on the one hand, if you do that, you get stuff like Space Ghost Coast to Coast, which is genuinely groundbreaking television in a lot of ways. And other times you get the Men in Black cartoon. So there's that. Yeah. 
I think you only mentioned Space Ghost because I posted the picture of my comic collection of Space Ghost. That was like a, a gritty retelling of Space Ghost. Well, actually, to be fair, I have before you post that, I have been rewatching it because um, I found it on HBO Max a few weeks ago. I was like, I haven't watched this since the 90s. Started watching it, and then HBO Max has been cutting all their stuff, so I quickly panic bought all the DVDs on eBay. Uh, <laughs> I've been watching them. <laughs> Yeah, that it, that whole thing is. Mm. Yeah, by the time you're listening to this, I do not know if the shows that we have posted on HBO Max will be on HBO Max because HBO Max is going through a lot right now. It's it's painful to watch it slowly die over the course of what is I think about ten months. It'll be completely gone. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, and, and this is a digression. I think it's relevant to our podcast um that's one of the challenges i think that we're gonna start running into is uh, a twofold one is we try very hard to cover shows that are available legally for people ideally to stream so you don't have to like buy a dvd or purchase episodes for it we try to keep it to someone can rent a month of some service and watch this reasonably cheaply because this is a book club to a degree right we want to be able to let, people can also watch it and then listen to this or vice versa uh, so they can get some kind of context for it as opposed to us reviewing, like, I don't know, the Battletech cartoon uh, that you can't find anywhere legally, sadly. Uh, or um, Exo Squad, which almost made the cut, but it's really hard to find copies of. Because Exo Squad is kind of what if Americans did an anime cartoon in the 90s and also had a Dash of Babylon 5 in it. It's wow, I wild. barely remember that. Yeah, but it had like a long running plot and like political intrigue and stuff. It was I, I'm trying I'm debating rewatching it because I, I I have the DVDs and it's like maybe maybe this holds up, but um, or me trying to find a way that we could squeeze mask in there under the Voltron moniker since you know vehicles. Oh, mask is I I don't know if that that is aged well actually. I I haven't seen it. I, I think I saw like a stray episodes <laughs> when it was live. That was about it. Uh, I would anyway, never give us a bad show to watch and make fun no, of. No, no, never. Um, but what I'm saying is, like, you know, the, on the one hand, we're gonna we're gonna run into issues where um, stuff that we've planned to watch may not be available by the time we get around to watching it, or uh, like we had with um, uh, Robotech, where we watched it in while, and then during our watch of it, it started migrating services. Uh, so it's like, well, it's here now, but it might be there later. Uh, and the other part is, um, full disclosure for the audience, uh, I'm in the process of an international move, which may mean that there may be points where it's, some things may be available to Chris and not to me or vice versa, depending on where the rights are for things. Um, and so we, at some point, need to address things like, okay, well, you know, Disney Plus may not be available in the UK by the time I get there. Uh, or um, th some things that are on Paramount Plus are on Netflix in other places and whatnot. It, it's it's interesting minefield to navigate uh, where from, from an era where both of us were like, there's a one place you can watch it or there's a place you can buy it. Now it's really bifurcated. And, and kind of what we touched on in the Neon Genesis thing, even if stuff comes back, it may not be in the same form. Exactly. Yeah. And a, a fair warning to everyone, when, when Eddie moves, if there has to be a break, you may get, unfortunately, the 
the beat poet corner with Chris or the silent <laughs> corner with Chris, where I will log on and I'll have 20 minutes where I say nothing. I will occasionally drink coffee and cough, and that'll be it for a 20 minute episode. You record yourself watching an episode and just occasionally you'll laugh or go, what the hell? And that's it. I'm thinking so. Something something that is definitely a little different that we haven't done before that will be humorous for me, and then we'll lose our eight listeners. And I'll be like, <laughs> oh, Eddie, I did it. It's all my fault. <laughs> Burn to the ground. Uh, but no, we, we do have the plans. The, the, moment, the moment is prepared for, as it were. Um, speaking oh, of which, Doctor Who reference. We do have to at some point do that. We keep, we keep pushing it off. I think because we don't want to... We don't want to blow that water. It's like, it's, I, I like the idea of us eventually talking about it, but then once, at some point we'll have talked about it and it's like, well, we can't talk about it anymore because we've already talked about it. <laughs> you know, we're going to talk about what we're doing next. Not yet, but at the end, <laughs> I am totally willing to scrap all of those plans and just do Doctor Who. <laughs> no, no, no. We should, we, should, we should keep to the course. Keep to the course. It's not like then in two weeks later I'll say, hey, maybe we probably should have done that. <laughs> no, I mean, we'll, no one will regret watching Doctor Who. Uh, well, I mean, other people might regret that. We won't. You and I won't regret that. I already have an idea for our our, our guest too for when we do Doctor Who season, but I can talk about that later. Because nice, nice, nice. Uh, so, getting back to Jack Robots, I guess I mean, this is I think telling that we're kind of not really talking about it new as much as we did with with Space Opera. Um, well, I think part of that also is though that when we did the actual Ginlock episode. We discussed a lot of our thoughts in that one. And this, for people that are listening, probably is coming out like a week or so later. But for us, it's been maybe three or four weeks to give an idea of time frame. Mm -hmm. And having put so much into that, trying to like break down some of the different positives and negatives, that's what we usually do in a wrap up. But it was more important for that episode. And this is a chance for us to kind of reflect on the season, talk about other seasons, other ideas. So there's merit in both ways that we're doing it. But at the same time, Jumping back occasionally to the anime is also fun because there were a lot of good parts about it. Like, I don't regret doing this season, but Mm -hmm. it also has been the longest season that we've done. So we've lived in anime for quite a while compared to how we lived in Space Up. No, that's true. And uh, that's one thing that I'm actually glad we did because a lot of podcasts stick to a very specific subject, right? Like, um, I discovered today there's a podcast that only covers the Sonic the Hedgehog comics from the uk from the 90s that's all they cover and i'm like on the one hand super amazed with the dedication to extremely niche material but on the other hand i don't know if i could do that for like three or four years um so i actually like the fact that we have this format because uh, uh this was pretty long and so it was like near the end i was like uh, i'm not sure how much more gas i have in the tank but luckily in some ways, having Genlock helped that because you're right. We were able to kind of, of do a first pass of, of our thoughts on the season to a degree by nature of discussing what we didn't like about Genlock. And then Neon Genesis was just, I, again, another two-hour episode. Um, I think we need to start planning for our guests coming in and having two-hour episodes because both times they've been fantastic guests and brought so much knowledge and context to not only the show we're talking about, but retroactively the whole season. Um, that it would just really great conversations. Uh, so I, I think that I think that's all fair. Um, but you're right; there has been a lot of good to this. I, I I think mostly it's been the stuff that was good was not stuff I expected, and the stuff I thought would be good ended up being somewhere between okay to uncomfortable. So it 
it, I think it feels more mixed, but when I actually start calculating in my head, the act of doing this has always been fun. Even if it was both of us going, Jesus Christ, that final Voltron fight scene. <laughs> or Southern Cross, why is that now your primary protagonist character? That's, you would never let that, you would never let an enemy person run around your military base willy nilly. Right. Like the act of watching Southern Cross is frustrating. The act of talking about Southern Cross was a lot of fun because it was just ridiculous. And so even not, I'm not going to bash on Jinlock, but like that was part of the problem with, for instance, Jinlock in the back half of Bubblegum Crisis. While yeah. they were bad, they were bad in a way that wasn't fun to engage with for I would I'll go so far as to say us, but I could speak speaking specifically for myself. Mm -hmm. And that detracts from the entire experience of it. Yeah. Honestly, like the of all of them, because like some of them were shows I hadn't experienced, Bubblegum Crisis for me was the most frustrating because partially because the Bubblegum Crisis in my head was so much better than the, the show we actually watched. And partially because by the way we approached it, we ended up dividing it in two episodes. And it was such an eerily clean divide between the good bit and the bad bit uh, that I feel like if we'd almost done it as one episode, I might still appreciate the show better. But it really feels like only watch the first four episodes and don't bother with the second half because it was such a steep decline. And But now we like know that. And that was fun regardless of all the negative parts, it was fun to rediscover and it was fun to be able to like have those conversations with you about that and then dive mm -hmm. into different aspects that were both positive and negative, which is one of the reasons I really wanted to do the show. And it's one of the reasons I wanted to do the show with you over oh. pretty much anyone else. But yeah. that is enough ego building for Eddie over the past episode. <laughs> so let's talk about all the negative Eddie stuff. Let's oh, see. Good, good. There we go. That, I'm Eddie is that. too talented. <laughs> Eddie is too nice. Dang it. Even my insults are working. Uh, what, is your, what is your biggest weakness? My biggest weakness is I'm too much of a perfectionist. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. Um, but no, I mean, it, it, similarly, like, we have said from the onset, like, if we get listeners, fantastic. And the, and the few listeners we've had, frankly, I mean, I'm, I'm genuinely happy that people are listening to it and enjoying it. People have, have made a few comments on the Discord. That, that, and, and I think that's cool. I genuinely think that's cool. The fact that people are like, oh, I learned about... Hawkeye from listening to your Hawkeye run or you know I had someone say that they didn't really want they didn't really like the Space Nine until we talked about it and now they want to go back and give it another chance that stuff is great to me I, I love hearing that stuff and so please keep doing that uh, but you're right at the end of the day it was if one of us couldn't make this work this podcast is done because I, I, I want to hear your specific take on stuff uh, uh, and some of that is because I think that we have a nice intersection and difference in experience. Like our, our ages are roughly similar and we have so much similar upbringings in terms of our media exposure, but then we also have very different lived experiences. So it's enough comparison and contrast that we can go, oh yeah, I remember anime tapings in the nineties, but then we can look at something and go, wow, okay. I had a very different take on that stuff than you did. Uh, so I think that, that is a very specific intersection. And I feel like, more of the contrast came out in this season. Uh, last season, it was a lot of us going, yep, that was cool. And, and 
for the first season, I think that's fine. We were still finding our grounds a little bit, but this one it was a bit more like, oh, okay, I expected X and you're seeing Y, and okay, let me think about that, you know, and okay, I can see kind of where you're coming from. Um, There's certainly a, a couple times where I was like, oh, it's like this, and you're like, no, it's not. I'm like, oh, okay, no, I guess not. Now, now that we talk about that, uh, and that. And I, I like those conversations because I like, I just like talking about things I'm excited about and the internet is a bad place to do that. Yes. Uh, uh, I, I, I know people hate to hear it, but there is little context on the internet. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. Everyone's all fine pockets, uh, but um, it, it just comes down to, Either your community is so focused that you're basically just talking to different versions of yourself and that's not fun, uh, or the community is so wide that you have people unabashedly going, oh, the Empire did no wrong in Star Wars. Uh, and it's just like, okay, we have nothing to discuss. I, they don't know that you're talking about my, my former office mate before I got my new job, <laughs> which was a two-hour conversation, by the way, people. I was in the office... At my terminal, and he's like, you know, the Empire wasn't bad. It's like, what the? Um, <laughs> and then trying to have an intelligent discourse with someone that did not want to understand anything. And right. they would actively ignore facts and points. But then they didn't realize that, I'll go back to an earlier joke, that I'm I'm a dev, so I can like nitpick every single thing along the way. Mm -hmm. So that did not help them at all either. And then they just got so frustrated, they stormed off. Right. I'm going like, to count as a win. I, I think you should. Uh, and I think there's a very sp specific fun of arguing about minutia of media as long as everyone in the argument is on the same page. Right? And, and I think you and I have jokingly done that a couple times. Uh, and I think that that can be fun in this specific moment. But if you don't have the right mix of personalities, it rapidly becomes unfun. And that's not what I want to do. I want to spend my time sitting with you talking about, you know, who's the best captain in Star Trek and having that fight rather than some rando on the internet uh, trying to explain to me why Doctor Who is a bunch of leftist garbage. And like, spoiler, it's always been leftist garbage. That's not <laughs> a shock. It's been there since it literally started airing in 61. Um, but it's like, I, I can't argue that point because it doesn't, isn't based in any way, shape, or form reality. Well, if your outset is X is garbage or woke or any sort of keyword like that to try to get a click or like, you've automatically lost most of my interest because that shows you're not wanting to engage and have an actual discussion about something and we get into cool little bits and pieces about it. You just right. want to have an argument where you hopefully look better about yourself and stroke your very small ego, which I have right. no interest in doing. Um, relevant to this bit of digression for a moment, um, I... Uh, for a week, my family were off on a business trip uh, in, in the UK. And while I was staying at home, being super jealous of them doing that, you know, taking care of the dog in the house, I fell down a rabbit hole of fan edits uh, because I am always fascinated by uh, people who consume arts reordering it to their tastes. I, like, I, I'm fascinated by things like reordering comic book reading orders or television reading orders. Um, I made a side comment about The Prisoner, which sent Chris down a rabbit hole of his own. Uh, but the point is, is that I, I think there's, there's always interesting dynamism in reordering and adjusting content. Uh, and so I, I ended up 
right now, I mentioned Babylon 5, but I've been watching a fan edit of Babylon 5 that cuts it down to 44 hours, and it is surprisingly tight, considering I love Babylon 5, but one of the problems I, I think we even noticed in our, in our review of it was that it has some bloat, especially in the first season. And uh, this cut cuts the first season down to four hours, uh, which is impressive. And I thought it would be nonsensical, and it's surprisingly tight. Uh, so I started looking for more things that might be interested to it. And I found someone posted a anti-feminism cut of Avengers Endgame. Ooh. And I only glanced the first couple of lines before I decided I just was disgusted by it. Um, but it basically comes down to, I don't like Captain Marvel. So I edited her out of the film as well as any other women that were interesting. Oh. And, uh, I was trying to find it again when someone asked me about it. And I ended up, this, this cut was so bad that there was an NPR article about it. Uh, we're talking about people who were basically editing media to fit their own personal political biases. And someone from that article said they watched the cut and it is arbitrary to the point of being nonsensical. Uh, and I'm like, that sounds about right. Because that would kind of be like, I like Black Panther, but I'm going to cut out all the black people. <laughs> you know, it's like, how do you even do this in a meaningful way? Uh, but it's, I, I bring that up because there are portions of fandom who are so taken by their negative instincts. People constantly complain about The Last Jedi, for example, and that's their identity now. It's like, I'm a fan of this, but I hate the thing that I'm a fan of. And I've I'm never, not going to lie. I am not a huge fan of The Last Jedi. Yes, but you don't define your identity by constantly bringing up The Last Jedi in a possible conceivable moment and complaining about it. Uh, like, for start. example, there are lots of fan edits of Star Wars films, and in the comments of them, usually have some form of someone's like, hey, what are some good fan edits to watch Star Wars? And someone say, well, not The Last Jedi. And it's like, it's, Shut up, dude. You know, it's like if you're talking about a specific fan edit of Janet, The Last Jedi, fine. But you're bringing up th a thing that is not a fan edit. It is an actual released film just so you can bitch about it some more. And there are absolutely Star Wars fans like that. There are Star Trek fans who, whenever Star Trek comes up, they will try to bring up how much they hate Discovery. Uh, and it's just like... Ridiculous. I... I, I I have been that fan. I'm not going to lie. I don't want to spend my time. I want to spend my time enjoying things. I don't want to spend my time hating things. I am comfortable with saying, I like things. Eh, this thing didn't work for me or this thing's maybe even objectively bad. But then I move on. I just don't watch anymore. I don't like to train. I'm a Transformers fan. I don't like to Michael Bay Transformers films. So I stopped watching them. Uh, I, for a while, did not like Discovery. People talked about it. I got back to it. Now I really enjoy it. Uh, but the time I didn't like it, I just didn't watch it. I didn't make a big deal about it. Uh, so that's why I'm glad we're doing stuff like this because even when we run into Genlocks, even when we run into Bubblegum Crisis Part 2. Southern Crosses. Right. We're having fun. We're still having fun loving these things and trying to make something fun out of a bad thing. The, the, the Genlock one is probably the exception, but it was still a good time to say, okay, let's talk seriously about actual problems so we can get back to making fun of protagonists who lose their own agency in their own show, Southern Cross. Uh, or, you know, making fun of 
boring giant robot scenes that last half an hour. That, that those are different kinds of conversations. And this season helped me realize that we can, there are different kinds of conversations to have and which ones I think we should probably steer away from in the future and which ones we can kind of lean. It's like, yeah, we didn't like this, but it'll still be fun to talk about versus, you know what? Let's just not. But that goes back. I'm not defending any of it, but um, for instance, I watched the new Game of Thrones show that came out, even though I, I grudge watched it because I wanted to see if it was any better and I have some issues with it. But then I saw a reviewer talk about it and their entire thing was like, I love the show, but let's find stuff to complain about. That is how they started their review of the show. Mm. So something you inherently love that you've already enjoyed. Why are you trying to find something wrong to complain about instead of highlighting like the parts that you really enjoyed that really spoke to you? Right. Like for the Game of Thrones show, for what it was, like the House of Dragon, I think is what it's called. Mm-hmm. I, I like some of the building for like the intrigue they're putting into it. Like that was great to see. But mm-hmm. I found some of the violence to be sinless and pointless. But if I were to continue watching it, I'd be watching it because there's that nuance of potential plot that is there that is like striking. And you can see the hard work that went into creating this thing. And like right. all that is on screen. And that is... Mm-hmm a marvel to witness like someone crafting something it is it is easy to complain about something it is hard to build and make something right and i think i I don't know if this is true for you but i i I suspect it might be because we are ourselves artists it's i feel a little bad just dumping on something else unless i have a really strong reason behind it like with Jen Locke, it's the I felt like we needed to do that because there were some genuinely sincere problems with it. But the whole time I was like, uh, "Can we find something good in here? What about this? What about this? No, okay, all right." You know, I, I'm always trying to find something positive on it because I know how hard the act of creation can be. Uh, but I mean, again, the, it, it's so easy to find negative things like. If we go back to Neon Genesis Evangelion, there's lots of things you could point to and say they are huge flaws. Uh, I mean, we talked a lot about the decreasing budget and the the very long stills. And I still maintain that they were used to good benefit. But it doesn't change the fact that there's a whole lot of recycled animation in that show, particularly near the end. Uh Gundam Wing also has a fair chunk of recycled animation. We didn't really even talk about much then. It would be easy to take those and blow them up and pick them apart. It's easy to find flaws with, with anything, particularly if you come in with the idea of, well, I, I don't want to like this. But if you come in with, I want to like this, I want to find something good, uh, it does make the misfire hurt more. Because I really want to like this show, but it just did not do it. That, 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 that sucks. But I would much rather make that effort and try to find cool things to talk about. And I do think in the end, we found more cool things to talk about than not this past season. Yeah, even with Ginlock, we found a couple of good things that we liked and we discussed. But that's also one of the reasons why when we're asking each other questions, we're not like, which one did you hate? It's like, which one did you enjoy the most? Mm-hmm. That is adding like positive value to all of them. And I stand by like that. I think that is our brand for, for John Rawls. Yeah, I agree. So on that note, um, we've talked about the shows we'd want to rewatch more. We talked about the shows that we want to, you know, like live in uh, a bit. Um, which show do you think from this season best typifies 
mecha anime. If you want to, not necessarily this is the best show to watch or a fun show to watch, but rather if someone says, I don't know much mecha anime, what is a good representational show to show them? So then I would have to ask, are they someone that's already sort of into anime or are they looking for something to get them into anime? I would say the latter. I'm shooting for, I don't know anything about this. Show me a good show so I can start to learn whether I like this or not. So like, for instance, while I love all the Robotech stuff, it would not be Robotech because Mm -hmm. unless it was we're kids in the schoolyard like 20 odd years ago, that's when it would be. Right. Surprisingly, though, it would still potentially be possibly the first episode of bubblegum crisis mm-hmm. because that rocking theme song i don't i don't care that just that grabs you and that like makes you ride with it yeah oh yeah but if i was going for more of a um, larger robot it would probably be the big o or while well, i have problems with it it is still like the the best representation of big giant anime to grab people quickly it's going to be gundam wing mm-hmm because that first episode with that ends with Hero going, I'll kill you, and mm-hmm. running away. Wonderful, because you got your big robot fight, you saw something happen, and bam. Yeah, I what would say, I, I would say that, that Wing is pretty far up there, because if nothing else, it did exactly that for a, a large generation of U.S. kids. I mean, it, it was very much the thing that... that broke the floodgates from here's the occasional one-off show to, okay, people are interested in lots of shows like this. Uh, but I think if it was just kind of, uh, I'm casually interested, I'm not sure, I need, I want a bunch of context, I want to just watch a show and see if I like it or not, I'd actually probably consider like the first season, because only like six episodes, of the new Voltron. Because uh, it's pretty modern. Uh, it's, a, it's the first season, it ends in a cliffhanger, but it still kind of wraps up most of the major threads in a bow. Uh, and get your sense of if you like this kind of action or not, if you like this kind of character building in this kind of drama or not, if you can't sit through three hours of this, then you're probably not going to like 49 episodes of Gundam Wing. You're probably not going to like 26 episodes of the 08 team. Uh, although the 08 team is probably a close second of, yeah. uh, of if you really want to get into the, the complex nuances of this kind of mecha anime, a white team would be a good kind of slice because although it's set in an established continuity, you don't really need to know any of that stuff to appreciate it. Cause for me, if it was someone that was already into anime, it would be the eighth team would be the one I would send them with because you've That's got fair. a lot of complex characters. You've get some cool, like little space movements and you get mech stuff and you have constantly building characters and plot. Mm-hmm. Although now that you say that, I, 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 I really kind of glossed over, but yeah, I think the big O actually might be fairly up there. If there's someone who's of an age that would appreciate Batman, then using Batman as the gateway into it, the big O might be a good backup plan. Ah, uh, I think we're at about our, our, our point is where we cut. So there we go. do you have any final thoughts on season two? Uh, season two, like all good sequels, uh, was a, bit rougher than the original um but we learned a lot and hopefully uh, we will be able to leverage that into the trilogy end of the trilogy so season three i hope will be better as a result but i'm glad we did this I, i'm still 100 glad we did this don't regret any of it um learned a ton and uh i definitely came away with a couple new shows that i want to seriously watch awesome how about you um i'm just glad we did it 
uh, for good, for better or worse. And I'm glad I get a chance to rewatch some Robotech because it makes me want to go and play Robotech now with all yeah. of my free time that I don't have. So yes. I'm, I'm going to try to squeeze that in somewhere. Oh, uh, complete digression. But um, I don't know if you know, but someone uh, for, for the audience, uh, there's a concept called retro clones of people who take out of print licensed games. They're no longer legally allowed to be sold. Uh, take the system out of those because they're not legally protected and make up a new version of that game that evokes the original. Uh, someone had done that with the Palladium Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles game. Really? Yes. <laughs> I will send you a link oh. afterwards. All right. <laughs> And I'll put it in show notes for everybody else listening to. But um, yeah, someone did a TMNT retro clone, and I was like, "Oh my god, this is amazing!" Oh, since since I think we 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 drop games now a little bit. So <laughs> this I did last time, so I'll do it again because yeah, sure. Eh. Um, since this entire season has been about giant robot mecha fighting, I don't own it yet, but I'm probably going to buy it now because this season inspired me. Lancer, I keep hearing great things about. Yes, yes. So if people want to go and buy and experience it with me. Let me know. I mean, if I buy it, I'll tweet about it. But if you've seen it and you know it, let me know. Uh, I'll also throw in, um, recently I picked up a game called Mecha Hack, uh, which is a variation of the Black Hack, which is a variation of D&D. Um, but it's a super streamlined Mecha game uh, that has some interesting mechanics where uh, effectively you have a heat die. Every time you use special powers, you have to roll a heat die. And if your heat die, if you exceed your heat number, you overheat. Uh, so it's a really interesting way to do heat management while keeping things light and fast. Um, and all of your character classes are different types. Like you're the, the, the renegade, you're the leader, you're the cheerleader, you're the cyborg. Um, so if you're looking for a really fast paced light mecha game, I do recommend that by, uh, adventure gamers. I believe they're called. Why does that remind me of Battletech? If you remember the one where you had like all your mechs, big landfills, and you have your mech, it would get hotter, and then you try to like run to the pool of water to like cool your mech while you're still fighting. I don't know if you yeah, ever played it, that. It's definitely a mashup of uh, Battletech style mechs um, and a little bit of uh, Pacific Rim because the default setting, although it's very, very thin and by design, um, is that you're fighting uh, giant alien monsters. So. Oh, uh, it's, it. it's kind of evoking different pieces of that in a slim, like 48 page game. It's real, real thin, real, real fun. I, I too will one day learn to make a 48 page game. <laughs> um, all right. So that's, that's aspiration for the future for Chris. Um, so next season, we've talked about season three. We've been yes. building up to season three. Mm -hmm. It is what we've been waiting for this entire podcast. Yep. So instead we're going to do season 2.0 and <laughs> 2.5 is about one of the greatest animes ever made. You thought we were done with anime, but it's the old bait and switch. Uh, we're going to, in fact, do uh, a two-shot. We're going to do the Cowboy Bebop. We're going to do the anime, mm -hmm. and then we're going to do the live action. Yes. Uh, Cowboy Bebop is something that, during the course of this, we both realized we loved. And, and honestly, in early planning, we were debating different ways to dial this in. For season two to kind of include Cowboy Bebop. <laughs> we realized that was the only reason we were doing it. Um, so, uh, yeah. Uh, and also, uh, I know, like, I am one of the few people, it seemed, that really liked the live-action version of Cowboy Bebop. And I loved the anime. So, yeah, it would be fun to kind of do just quick, like we do with the other things, to so do a slice of episodes for, for both of those. But it will be nice to, kind of like we do with Voltron, compare and contrast a classic version and a modern interpretation, see how those hold up against each other. 
And then after that, we'll jump into season three, which we'll announce then. But for folks that are looking to do their own uh, read slash watch ahead, we're going to be starting with Cowboy Bebop the anime, and it's going to be session one, Asteroid Blues, session three, Honky Tonk Woman, session five, Ballad of Fallen Angels, session eight, Waltz for Venus, uh, session 20, Eddie, you're going to pronounce that one. You know my, you know my, thank you. And session 22, Cowboy <laughs> Funk. If folks are looking to to chat at you or try to find you, where can they find you online in a virtual space? Uh, well, when I'm not trolling uh, the Transformers Wiki, you can find me on Twitter at Pugsteady. That's P-U-G-S-T-A-D-Y. Uh, you can uh, find my website at Pugsteady.com. Uh, if you're interested in my work, you can also pick up my creator-owned game at realmsofpugmire.com. Or you can find me on the Darker Hue Discord uh, right now, uh, talking about how much fun Iron Man comics are. <laughs> uh, if folks are looking for me, you can find me on the Dark U Discord. You can also find me on the R Talisaurian Discord, where there is a Haunted West channel that I've been answering questions like, oh. every couple hours now about system mechanics, because someone's building this great character sheet, uh, an Excel version that auto-calculates in their Ooh. own free time. So I, am, I feel obligated to help them. Yeah. Um, or you can find my work on the Darker Hue website, our Telesurin Games, Indie Press Revolution. Or if you just want to send me money, I think I've got a PayPal link. And I'm also just accepting cash so I can keep my scotch supply high. <laughs> Otherwise, awesome. we'll, we'll see sorry. you uh, on the Bebop in the future. Hit it.